Good morning and welcome. The Lord be with you. And grace and peace to us all in the name of Christ our Lord. What is true for those travelers to Emmaus on Easter evening is true for you and me this morning. As we remember in that story, these two travelers met the risen Christ, did not realize it was Jesus, but he proclaimed the word to them, and then they gathered at table, and they knew the risen Christ is with us. This morning we proclaim the word, we find our place at table, we know the risen Christ is with us. So it's a joy to gather and worship with you. I thank you for sharing and worship at First Church this morning. And would remind you of the registration pads as you find those in your pews because it helps us to know of you gathering and sharing and worship with us this morning. It is helpful as well to be attentive to the opportunities that are before us throughout this coming week. As we see, there will be a meeting of Lunch Bunch volunteers at 10 o'clock tomorrow. Also, the ladies' book study and staff parish meeting on Tuesday. And then the uh, parents' conference that Matt and I will preside at at noon on Wednesday missions team will meet later that day as well. And thank you for your support of the food bank and clothes closet throughout the month, as we always share in those ministries the third Saturday of each month. And I'll just share with you, it was a great joy to be a part of the Oktoberfest activities yesterday, uh, to meet our neighbors, to be able to offer some productions by our young people, which you may find on Facebook as well, to gather with, with parents and neighbors, and just uh, grateful for this opportunity where God has placed us in ministry here in Uptown. As we gather, I would also invite you to attend to some of these uh, gift survey sheets that you should find in your pews throughout the month of October as we enlist leadership for 2020 and beyond and as we remember our promise to serve God by way of our gifts and our talents. I want you to prayerfully consider service in any of these opportunities, many opportunities before us here at First Church. So you may take this with you, you may uh, bring it back to the church, you may place it at the offering plate, but again, each Sunday in October, this gift survey is before us, and it's just a reminder that together we partner and share in ministry with one another here at First Church. So I'm grateful to share this with you and invite your participation as well. Again, we find ourselves in the Gospel of Luke throughout this year, drawing nearer to the end of Jesus' ministries, And we find him giving some words of guidance and instruction to his disciples regarding faith. Grateful to share these words with you and to prepare to worship God together with you.
Stand for our call to worship. And Harris Vaughn will lead us in this call. Please stand and join me in our call to worship. In the fullness of time, God gave us Jesus that we might understand God's love. Yet we turned our backs on him. God's loving presence continued in the disciples bringing again the message of hope and reconciliation. Open our ears and our hearts, O Lord, to receive this message. Let the bread and the cup we receive today give us strength and courage to do God's will. Let our lives thus strengthened be a witness to God's eternal love for all
Please be seated. Lee, we thank you for leading Children's Church this morning. As we share our opening prayer, we anticipate the gospel lesson that comes to us from the Gospel of Luke, the 17th chapter, in which Jesus and his apostles engage in conversation regarding faith. So we lift up that matter as we gather for these words of opening prayer. Let us pray. For the gift of faith which sees beyond the present moment and looks to an eternity, we thank you. For the gift of faith small as a mustard seed, which has power within its simplicity, we thank you. For the gift of faith bestowed on those who would simply come, hearts open in humility, we thank you. Amen. We prepare for our gospel lesson from Luke, the 17th chapter. Will one of the, uh, will Harris or Will be reading the gospel? Will will come forward. We offer a word of prayer. Lord, we thank you for your word proclaimed, a word which sustains us, a word which blesses us, and a word which creates faith. We thank you for your word proclaimed now. Amen. Luke 17, Luke 17, verses 5 through 10. The apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. He replied, if you had faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, be uprooted and planted in the sea, and it will obey you. Suppose one of you has a servant plowing or looking after the sheep. Will he say to the servant, servant when he comes in from the field, come along now and sit down to eat? Won't he rather say, prepare my supper, get yourself ready, and wait on me while I eat and drink? After that, you may eat and drink. Will he thank the servant because he did what he was told to do? So you also, when you have done everything you are told to do, should say, we are unworthy servants. We have done only our duty. We have only done our duty. The word of God for the people of God. Thank you, Will. Well, this morning we find ourselves drawing near to the end of the Gospel of Luke. And Jesus, perhaps because he knows his time with the apostles, his disciples, is coming to an end, engages in some final conversation with the disciples. Jesus speaks to them words of guidance and instruction. With such conversation before us, we see the disciples make this sudden, blunt request of Jesus increase our faith. Now, we are not told why they make this request. In fact, this request appears not to flow well in this conversation as led by Jesus. Now, remember, we noticed Jesus, just before this request, has warned his disciples against causing others to stumble. He has instructed them to confront one who sins. If the one who repents of his sin, says Jesus, you must forgive him, even if he sins and likewise repents seven times a day. Now, nothing here directly, at least to this point, about the matter of faith. But we notice 
the apostles at this point in the conversation say to Jesus, increase our faith. We're not told why. Could it be the disciples were experiencing some crisis of faith? At this point in their ministry with Jesus, are they tired? Did they feel some need for revival, rejuvenation? Did they feel anxious or weak, knowing the passion and the death of Jesus are soon to take place? Are they carrying doubts about their decision to follow Jesus? Just where has this gotten us? Are they second-guessing themselves? Did they fear for their futures? Well, for whatever reason, suddenly, unexpectedly, the disciples say to Jesus, increase our faith. Well, regardless of their reason for this request, we understand these words of Jesus, don't we? Because we know their request for increased faith at times, that's our request. Lord, increase our faith as we feel terrible anxiety. Lord, increase our faith as we are not at peace with ourselves or with one another. Lord, increase our faith as we seek the words with which to pray. Lord, increase our faith. We find it so difficult to forgive. Lord, increase our faith as we are uncertain about our future. Lord, increase our faith that we may know some healing. We understand this request of Jesus by the disciples. Lord, increase our faith. I mean, it really doesn't sound too much to ask, does it? We wouldn't think this to be a, a difficult request of Jesus. In fact, it, it almost sounds so easy, doesn't it? I mean, we have heard it said, and we may have said it ourselves, you just got to have faith. Now, who knows the circumstances for the hearing or speaking of these words? An unfortunate diagnosis by the physician, perhaps? Or a time of uncertainty? Difficulty within a relationship? A time of persistent sadness? You just got to have faith, and it sounds so easy, but is it that easy? We approach a, a time of stewardship within the life of the church. It will take place here in November, and we know this involves the setting of the church budget for the coming year. It's often a challenging time within the life of any church, really. So for many years now, I have been a part of these budget-setting conversations practically every year of my ministry. There have been those times in which the conversation has gone well. It's gone smoothly. The budget's balanced after all. Praise the Lord. There have also been those times in which the ends appear not to meet. Times when projected revenue and projected expenses appear far apart, ends not meeting. So there have been those times when someone will say in the course of those conversations, well, we just got to have faith. And there have been those times when such an affirmation carries the power to persuade. 
The budget, though unbalanced, is passed, supported by the belief that faith in God to provide what is missing will be sufficient for all that is needed for the church budget. Still, though those words may sound affirming, optimistic, positive, faithful, we may wonder, is it that easy? And, and really, is it, is it realistic? Is it practical? What we noticed this morning, it appears not to have been that easy for the disciples of Jesus. Believing their faith to be insufficient for whatever reason, these disciples of Jesus suddenly approach Jesus and say to him directly, increase our faith. Well, Jesus responds, we notice, with those well-known words about faith equal to the grain of a mustard seed. If you had faith as a grain of mustard seed, Jesus tells them, you could say to this mulberry tree, be rooted up and be planted in the sea, and it would obey you. Well, really? Did we know faith, even in such small measures, could be that powerful? Maybe we do. For we know those surprising, unexpected circumstances that are inspired by and driven by nothing other than faith. I went to a local grocer this past Friday morning as I was waiting for my debit card to be processed. I noticed the lady who was tallying my grace, groceries, a lady whom I know and who knows me, was writing furiously on the back of a receipt this receipt. I thought perhaps she was writing a reminder to herself or perhaps was making a list of items she needed to order for her market. But after my card was processed and she handed me my groceries, she shared with me what she had been writing. It's a prayer request. Knowing I'm a pastor, she is asking that I pray for her cousin and his wife her cousin, according to what she has written here, is very ill. and She writes, he is getting ready to meet Jesus. She also asked me to pray for her 90-year-old aunt. I assured her I would pray for these persons. The faith of this woman is at least equal in size to that of a mustard seed, isn't it? which is to say the words of Jesus this morning are words spoken for her as they are spoken for each one of us, even those of us who may not spontaneously on a Friday morning in a public market take pen to the back of a receipt so as to ask for prayer for those we love. You see, with these words of Jesus, spoken to his disciples the words, if you had faith as a grain of mustard seed, Jesus is in fact affirming the faith the disciples already possess. It is as if Jesus is saying to his disciples, 
if you had faith as a grain of mustard seed, and you do. And not only this, Jesus is saying the faith they have, even if it is no larger than a grain of mustard seed, is faith sufficient. It's enough. Still, we understand the words of the disciples increase our faith because each of us knows the struggle of wanting to be free of doubt and the de desire to find peace in our relationship with God and the conviction that all things will be well. I mean, who among us has not spoken at least once? Words spoken by a certain father we meet in the Gospel of Mark. This is a father, we remember, who has brought his demon-possessed child to Jesus so that Jesus may heal him. The father says to Jesus, if you can do anything, have pity on us and help us. Jesus responds to this parent, if you can, all things are possible to him who believes. And immediately we are told the father of the child cried out and said, I believe, help my unbelief. Again, who among us has not spoken the words of this parent? Well, stay with this story from the Gospel of Mark and see that Jesus heals this man's son. His faith was sufficient. Any unbelief to which he confessed did not prevent Jesus from healing his son. It appears he possessed faith at least equal to the grain of a mustard seed, and it appears for Jesus that's enough. That faith is enough because the nature of faith is that it focuses not on the one who believes, but rather on the one in whom we believe. And this one in whom we believe is able to accomplish the greatest of things, even with a little faith. Just before Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead, he finds himself in conversation with Lazarus' sister, Martha. Jesus has arrived at the tomb of Lazarus, has directed that the stone be rolled away from the tomb so that Lazarus may walk forth. Martha doesn't think that's an especially good idea. She says to Jesus, Lord, by this time there's going to be an odor. He's been dead four days. Jesus replies to Martha, Did I not tell you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? Well, we believe, don't we? Bringing to this time of worship faith even as a grain of mustard seed. And because of this belief, we see the glory of God of God. Because of this belief, we see in this bread the body of Christ given for us. Because of this belief, we see in this cup 
the blood of Christ shed for us and the forgiveness of our sin. It may even be the faith we bring to this place, as tiny as it may seem, is faith increased as we go from this place. And we may see everywhere we look the glory of God. We stand as we sing. our faith with the Apostles' Creed as it is before us, also number 881 in our hymnals. Let us affirm our faith. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence you shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, all the Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Please be seated. 
We go to God as we pray, and we do so with the prayers of the people. We know this to be a time in which we share responsibly in prayer, as I will name a series of petitions, concluding each petition with the words, Lord, in your mercy, inviting from you the response to hear our prayer, and inviting you to name those concerns you would like to offer within this community of faith as we go to God in prayer. Let us pray. Lord, we know that faith is a gift from you and that you are continually working within our lives so as to bring from us the words, I believe. We know as well that we are assured that when we find it difficult to pray words of faith unto you, by your spirit you pray for us in size too deep for words. So we thank you, God, that you are at work now and always to create and to build faith that we may be drawn closer to you, that we may love you more fully, and that we may walk with you daily. For the faith of those who have gone before us, and for the faith that you have created within us and brings us here, we give you thanks. And we pray that we may know as well that our faith is increased by this time together in worship of you. Lord, in your mercy. And hear us, Lord, as we pray for those who suffer and those in trouble. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, in your mercy, hear us, Lord, as we pray for the people of this congregation. Lord, in your mercy, Lord, in your mercy. Hear us, Lord, as we pray for the concerns of this community. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, in your mercy. Hear us, Lord, as we pray for your world, its peoples, and its leaders. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, we pray for your church, its leaders, its members, and its mission. Lord, in your mercy.
Dr. Bishop Lewis, Denise Bates, the Ministries of First Church. Lord, in your mercy. And hear our prayers joined with those of your saints who gather with us now, lifting their voices with ours, finding their place at your table. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.
Christ, our Lord, invites to his table all who love him, who earnestly repent of their sin and seek to live in peace with one another. Therefore, let us confess our sin before God and one another. Our prayer of confession is before us. We share these words of confession as we anticipate the good news of God's forgiveness. Let us pray. Gracious God, our sins are too heavy to carry, too real to hide, and too deep to undo. Yet you call us to walk the way of peace. Forgive us, O Lord, for refusing to follow you on this path because the cost is too high, the direction too confusing, the conditions too harsh. Grant us clarity of vision to see the light and the strength to walk behind you. In the power of your spirit, we pray. Amen. And hear this good news, that Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love toward us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Thanks be to God, and I invite us to welcome one another as we pass the peace of Christ. As we prepare to receive God's tithes and our offerings, just a reminder that this being the first Sunday of the month, Communion Sunday, we have our mission boxes here, one on each side. So as you come forward to receive the cup and the bread, I invite you to contribute to these mission boxes as your gifts. Support the many mission ministries of First Church. I'll invite our ushers to come forward. pray. Lord, from your hands come all blessings, the gift of your Son, the gift of faith, and for these gifts we now give you thanks. We pray these gifts we return to you, the giver, our gifts that in your care will be multiplied and accomplish great things through the gospel of Christ. Amen.
most gracious of hosts, has prepared a place for us. He has said to us, do this in remembrance of me, so we remember and we obey and we know his presence with us. He knows us by name and desires to meet us at table. So we prepare for the great thanksgiving. If you would like, it is posted before you. You may also follow beginning on page 9 in our hymnals. We will see that there are three sung responses that we are to offer as we prepare for the bread and the cup. Our choir will lead us in those responses as we come to them. We share now in our great thanksgiving. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We the Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and a good and a joyful thing, always and everywhere, to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. You formed us in your image and breathed into us the breath of life. When we turned away and our love failed, your love remained steadfast. You delivered us from captivity, made covenant to be our sovereign God, and spoke to us through your prophets. And so with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Blessed is your Son, Jesus Christ. Your Spirit anointed him to preach good news to the poor, to proclaim release to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, and to announce that the time had come when you would save your people. He healed the sick, fed the hungry, and ate with sinners. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and to death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. When the Lord Jesus ascended, he promised to be with us always in the power of your word and Holy Spirit. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took bread, gave thanks to you, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you, do this in remembrance of me. When the supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples, and said, Drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me.
And so in remembrance of these, your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. your Holy Spirit on us gathered here, and on these gifts of bread and wine, make them be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ, redeemed by his blood. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world, until Christ comes in final victory, and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit in your holy church, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. And now, with the confidence of children of God, we pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and to deliver us from evil. The kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours now and forever. Because there is one loaf, we who are many are one body, for we all partake of the one loaf. The bread which we break is a sharing in the body of Christ. The cup over which we give thanks is a sharing in the blood of Christ. This is the table of our Lord, to which each of you is invited. It is his table alone, and we are his guest. I invite you to come down the center aisle. There will be two stations here as you approach the communion rail. You will receive a portion of the bread, which I then invite you to dip into the cup that will be held before you. Feel free for a time of prayer here at the communion rail as you may believe God is leading you before returning down the side aisles. I'll invite our helpers to come forward and our choir will come first. Come to the table. I invite us to share our closing prayer as it is before us. Let us pray. Eternal God, we give you thanks for this holy mystery in which you have given yourself to us. Grant that we may go into the world in the strength of your spirit to give ourselves for others. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Our closing hymn, I come with joy. Let us stand as we sing.
we will live and speak his praise as people of faith. We go forward now as light into this community in the name of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you. 